Well, are you believing with me tonight for the conclusion of our series here that we just say what we should say, nothing more, nothing less, nothing else, but but just that. But I tell you, the thing I'm excited about is about how spirit-led you are and going to be. I really am. I'm, I'm stirred up about that because uh, you're going to hear from God and obey. I said, you know, years ago I became convinced as a teenager that if I could hear from God, I had it made. And now some years later, I'm more convinced that's true than ever. If you hear from God and do what He says, it's going to go good for you. You're going to be blessed. Amen. And so I, I know that the Lord has stirred up some hearts and, and enlightened some eyes and corrected some things and added some things, and, and you're just going to be more sensitive in your spirit. And I don't want to talk about it too long. I want to get into some other things in the Word. But let's review just a little bit. Yeah, are you at the text yet? The text in the New Testament? Let's read it. For as many... As are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Who are you? Son of God, and you are led by the Spirit of God. I'm a son of God. I'm Spirit-led. Read it again. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. We began on Sunday morning talking about this, and we are talking, we've been talking every session about hearing from God. You could call it how to hear from God, but it's about hearing and how to hear from God. And we said the, the first and most foundational way that God speaks to us is how? Through this Bible, through this book. Through this written word, even though Peter talked about the spectacular experience that they had on the Mount of Transfiguration, he said, we but we have a more sure word. And he began talking about scriptures. And so we judge everything by this book. No matter what kind of experience we, we might have, we, we shouldn't accept it unless it agrees and is in the same spirit with the book. You can have some experiences. I don't care if an angel choir comes through the ceiling at daylight in the morning in your bedroom and sings a message to you in, in, in multiple parts harmony. If it disagrees with half of one of these verses, you just laugh at it. And you say, wow, that was something, but don't pay any attention to it and don't do any of it because God is not going to contradict himself. If he said something in the Word, he's not going to say something differently through an angel. How many remember what the Apostle Paul said? He said, though we ourselves are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than what we preached, let him be accursed. Now, what, what's Paul saying? I can't come back and change what I've preached to you. And if an angel comes back and gives you a different gospel then don't you accept it. I don't care because the Word of God is tried, it's proven, it's refined. When God said it, you know, this one where you can tell the real from the false, I mean, God doesn't have to come down and update His book ever so often. Like some of these religions, they do, man. They rewrite half of it every few years. No. You don't have to change perfection. And when you know the end from the beginning, you can say it the right way the first time. And God has. Hallelujah. So thank God for the Bible. Now, in addition to that, read this next, this 16th verse here in this chapter in this book in the New Testament. It says, the Spirit, what? Himself is really a better rendering. Bears witness with our spirit, that we are the children of God. The Spirit, the same Holy Ghost that was on Jesus and in His ministry, the same Holy Ghost that's the Spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, that Spirit bears witness, not with our mind, not with our flesh, but with our spirit, that we're the children of God. And if He could let you know that you're a child of God, He could let you know something else. 
He can communicate to us through the witness of the Spirit. So in addition to the most foundational way that God speaks to us through the book, through the Bible, through the Word of God, how else does God speak to us? By the witness. The, the most foundational ways of God speaking to us, the Word and the witness. Say that out loud. How about it? The Word and the witness. Judge everything. By these two, I don't care if I walk over to you in five minutes and start prophesying and say, thus saith the Lord. I don't care what it is. What do you judge it by? You judge it by the Bible, the Word, and you judge it by the witness in your own heart. And if it disagrees with either of those, then you just don't accept it. You might smile and say, well, thank you for that, but I'm not going to do anything with it. <laughs> Amen. Because I don't care who, who we are, we're human. We can miss it. We can put our own interpretation on things. That's why prophecies should be judged. And teaching and preaching should be judged. Amen. That's why you bring your Bible to church and you pay attention and you check in your heart all the time. But you should get revelation all the time if the Bible is open. You know, I've gotten good revelation when somebody was teaching error. I say, how did that work? Well, while they were teaching it, the Holy Ghost was showing me why it was wrong and what was right. I was getting teaching from him about, you know, what the problem was. And sometimes people are sincere, but they just are sincerely wrong. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, we went on to talk about the inward witness. We talked about being rain trained. We talked about seems like. Anybody remember that? And seems good. We asked, where is your seamer? You see, we're talking about that witness. You see, don't, don't get hung up on hearing voices. I mean, technically speaking, I mean, the inward witness is not a voice. It's not, it's not an audible voice. It's a knowing. It's a sense. It's an awareness. It's a witness with. And we begin, you know, among, I won't take the time to go through all of it, but we began last night talking about how to develop insensitivity to the Holy Ghost. How many were not with us last night? Why don't you lift your hand? Let me see. Okay, a few of you. Let me review just a little bit of some things that are important in us developing our, our own, excuse me, developing more sensitivity to the Holy Ghost. One is just developing our own spirit. Feeding your spirit on the Word of God and exercising your spirit in the things of God will make you more aware of your own spirit. And that will make you more aware of the Holy Ghost because He's going to communicate with you how. He bears witness with our spirit. We said the same Holy Ghost that's in the Word is the Holy Ghost who lives in us. And you're, you're the same spirit you're listening to in Genesis and Matthew and Acts and Revelation is the one who's going to speak up inside you. And so when, when you get something from the Holy Ghost inside, it's going to sound just like this book because it's the same person. So the more familiar you are with the spirit of the word, then the more familiar and quicker you're going to identify the spirit in you, the Holy Spirit in you. We said that understanding the Holy Spirit's ways, understanding his fruit, and manifestation will help you to identify his leadings. The fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith, temperance. He's going to lead you in these ways. I mean, when he manifests a leading, it's going to be in love. It's not going to be in hate. He's not going to lead you through hate. He's not going to lead you through anxiety and worry and fear. He's going to lead you through peace. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. We read 1 Corinthians 14, 1, follow after love. We gave examples how if you follow in love, God is love. And following love, you'll be following God. You'll be following the Spirit of God. And, you know, pay attention to those small things. I mean, something comes up, you think about doing something for somebody, even though it might seem like a small thing, follow it through. We gave you several examples. It may have a much greater impact than you ever imagined on that person. 
And you know, it's not just the money. It's not just the things. It's God through us telling people that they're loved. Telling people that they're valuable. You know, and I mean, it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to do something for somebody. It demonstrates love. I know the Lord said this to me some years ago. He said the, the chief expression of love is giving. Now, when I first heard that, I wondered about it. The chief or the greatest or the, the, the chief expression of love is giving. Now, when I first heard that, I thought, well, am I hearing right? Am I hearing right? And, and with force, the Lord brought to my remembrance the scripture, for God so loved the world that he yelled from heaven, I love you. Telling people you love them is all right, but is that the greatest, the chief expression of love? It's not. For God so loved the world that he spoke and said, I have feelings for you. I just have all these feelings. <laughs> that wouldn't have saved us. No, what did it say? For God so loved the world that he gave. 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 The chief expression of love is giving. And you know, he not only has God the Father given us Jesus and the sacrifice, given us the Holy Ghost, he's given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, and he just keeps on giving. Jesus ever lives to make intercession for us. He's expressing that love every day. of. Take another breath. He just gave you something. You see what I'm talking about? Well, when we are letting the Spirit of God, the Spirit of love, you know, dominate us, then we will be, by nature, givers. And I'm not just talking about giving in the offerings. I'm not just talking about giving money. I just mean your nature is to give. You, you'll give to people friendship, loyalty. You'll give them your time. Amen? And you'll give them your stuff. And you, you're just like that. You're a giver. Amen? And I haven't digressed. That is following the leading of the Spirit. You'll give, give people time. Give people loyalty. Like we said, give people friendship. You're just a giver. And not ask for anything in return. So following after love is following after God. Following the Holy Ghost. We also talked about following those who know something about the Holy Ghost. You know, Paul said, follow me as I follow the Lord. And you can learn and, and how to interpret the manifestations of the Holy Ghost by staying hooked up with leaders and elders that know God. We said faith and patience are big factors in this. Ask the Lord for direction. Expect to get it. Look for it. What else did we say? Yeah, check or look for it. But what else? Wait on it. That's what we ended up with last night. Do what? Is that important? You don't always get the direction right away. You don't always get it the same day. And a lot of times you don't get it as soon as you want it. You, you remember the scripture talking about, don't be weary in well-doing. For in due season, you'll reap if you faint not. You know when due season is? It's almost always later than your flesh wants it to be. Have you found that? Because your flesh wants things when? Now. Now, yesterday would have been good. But that's part of walking by faith. That's part of walking in the Spirit is you put your flesh under. And your natural tendencies to yield to the pressure to just make a decision, to just do something because it needs to be done. We need to discipline ourselves that we wait on God. And that, that, that'll mean, oftentimes, that'll mean postponing something. And people may be clamoring. What are you waiting on? What are you going to do? And we gave you examples of that. How Jesus waited on the Father. Jeremiah waited. And ten days later, the word of the Lord came. Daniel, 21 days. How Samuel missed God by not waiting. So everybody said out loud, I'm going to wait. Till I hear from the Lord before I move. Okay, let's go on today. 
or this evening, I should say, to another area. Go with me to First uh, Thessalonians. Are you believing with me tonight? I'm asking you to, because I got a lot of things. I uh, and I don't want to don't want to short you anything, and I don't want to hold you too long either. First Thessalonians, the fifth chapter. I got two other main areas that I want to touch on. So believe with me, okay? First Thessalonians five. Let's begin in verse sixteen. What are we talking about? Anybody know? Hearing from God, and we're talking about how to develop, how to become more sensitive than we are right now. Do you believe that even though you were quite sensitive, you could become more sensitive? I mean, none of us have arrived in this thing. Would it, would it benefit us to be more sensitive? Oh, it'd save us untold problems. Could save your life. Beside all the blessings and benefits. Verse, what did I say, 16? That's a good place. It said rejoice most of the time. Rejoice evermore. Pray at every, every service you go to. No. In everything. Get, can you see he's talking about a lifestyle? He's talking about the way you live all the time. We ought to be rejoicing all the time. We ought to be praying all the time. We ought to be giving thanks all the time. When you don't know what to do, just say, hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. That's always appropriate. And it's always scriptural. You're talking to people in the conversation, Lord, just go, well, glory to God. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And if y'all just stop and just praise the Lord for 30 minutes, that'd be a good thing. You'd probably hear from God. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Get this next phrase. Quench not the Spirit. And the next phrase says, despise not prophesyings. Now, we have reason to believe if you take these with other epistles and put them together, like the church at Corinth, they had an abundance of tongues. And apparently they had quite a bit of prophecy too, which is good. But prophecy can be in the flesh. And some of these people had obviously, you know, Paul had to write them and give them a bit of instruction in 1 Corinthians about their tongues. Apparently they were getting off some. And uh, you can get off with prophecy. Any, anybody can prophesy. You don't, you don't have to be a prophet to prophesy. All spirit-filled believers can and should prophesy. Now, this doesn't mean predicting the future. This is just inspired utterance. 1 Corinthians 14 tells us that the simple flow of prophecy is edifying, exhorting, and comforting. Prophesying. You can get off. Prophesying. I'm reminded of... a couple of prophecies that wasn't quite on of things that I heard about. One, this uh, this this lady, bless her heart, she got up in the congregation and said, uh, Yea, thus saith the Lord, don't be afeard, my little children, if you are afeard. But if you are, that's okay. I get afeard myself sometimes. <laughs> uh, I don't think the Lord... Gets afeard sometimes, do you? <laughs> That's why you got to judge these things. <laughs> this one brother was trying to step out, and it was a minister's meeting, but it was it wasn't just charismatic Pentecostal. It was a city meeting of uh, ministers from all the denominations had come together for a particular thing. Well, bless his heart, he felt like he should step out in this little meeting. A lot of these people didn't know much about the Holy Ghost and weren't interested. And he begins to call people out and prophesy to them. Well, the Lord shows me that that you you have a real call on your life for singing. And the brother said, well, my wife don't want me singing in the shower. He said, <laughs> and he went to another guy and he said, uh, well, the Lord shows me, you know, that you have a position high up in the city, high up in the city. 
And he said, well, I work with the sanitation department. I'm, I'm on one of the trucks. And, uh, I mean, he just missed it again and again and again. Well, you know, any of us can miss it. But when you see you're missing it, you ought to just go ahead and slow up. Is that right? And go sit down and check it out. But he just kept going, kept going. Finally, he said, uh, Vern, there's somebody here named Vern. Vern? Vern, the Lord's got something for you. Vern? And I mean, he didn't stop. He went on minute after minute. Vern? Come on now, Vern, I know you're here. Vern? Come on, Vern, Lord's got something for you. Vern? Finally, one of the denominational ministers stood up and said, Yea, thus saith the Lord, Vern's not here. Well, with all, with all that kind of thing going on, you could see why people might start to despise prophesying. Well, see, that's the kind of thing that had obviously been going on. You know, baby Christians playing with the things of God, making mistakes, getting in the flesh. But did you see what the, what did the scripture say? Despise not. Don't despise. Why? Because, yeah, they might have got off, but the next time somebody stands up, it could be God. And you just get in this mode of any time somebody stands up to prophesy, you go, oh, no, not again. Here we go. You wind up despising the Holy Ghost. You know, we need to be sensitive to God speaking to us through whomever he wants to. I know I was at a little meeting one night, just a little home meeting, and uh, this brother got up and started prophesying to me. Well, I knew something about this brother, and I knew that he had really backslid. I mean, he got way off. Just We're talking about just a week or so before. He'd done some stuff I wouldn't even go into, but he wasn't walking close to God at all. So he starts prophesying, and all this is going through my mind. Oh, no, no, you're not prophesying to me, are you? But I got, I, I got quiet and started listening. I thought, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, because it started bearing witness in my spirit. Well, this is God. So I opened my eyes and looked at him. I thought, no, God can't be using him. Then I closed my eyes and I thought, yeah, that's God. That's God. And then I look again. I thought, can't be. But, but it is. <laughs> and it was. Because he had repented two days ago and prayed through and got back to God and got right. You know, God's not looking for somebody that's perfect and knows everything to use. He's looking for somebody that will just yield to Him. You don't have to. Baby Christians can be used of God. People that just got back to God. But what we're saying, quench not. Despise not. And you see other, uh, other writings say the same thing. Don't turn there, but I'll just read them to you. In uh, Isaiah 63. 10, don't turn there. But it says, they rebelled and they vexed his Holy Spirit. You remember in Ephesians 4.30, don't you? Ephesians 4.30, it says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed to the day of redemption. Did you hear these phrases? I'm going to go over them again. Uh, Quench not, despise not. Vex not, grieve not. Actually, in Hebrews 10.29, it talks about, the New American talks about insulting the Spirit of grace. That's Hebrews 10.29. So if you add those together, the Bible tells us, and all but one of these is in the New Testament, despise not, quench not, vex not, grieve not, Insult not the Holy Ghost. Now why would he tell us all this? Unless there was a real danger of it happening. One of the reasons why many are not sensitive to the Holy Ghost is not because, it's not because he's not endeavoring to lead. It's just people are not paying attention. And they are despising. Now, now the word despise, it doesn't mean, I mean, exactly just what we think in our modern vernacular. One, one translation, let me read it exactly the way it, it said it. 
Instead of saying despise, one definition of it is to disdain. Another is to not esteem. Another is to set aside. Did you get that one? Set aside. You got something in your heart, but you just set it aside. You just pay it to See, most people, when they read that, they think, yeah, don't quench the spirit. But they never see an application in their life where they're doing it. Which means they're just not, it doesn't mean they're never doing it, it just means they're not seeing it. They're not realizing it. So a key to growing and being more sensitive to the Holy Ghost is a respect and a reverence for the Holy Ghost inside you. And when you get a prompting, or when you get a witness, when you get, even though it's something slight, you don't just pass it off. Do you understand? You must respect the Holy Ghost in you like you respect Him in me. And like you respect Him in your pastors. Or like you respect Him in any man or woman of God that you respect and hold in high esteem. He's the same Spirit in you that's in them. You need to show Him the same honor and deference. And respect. Can you say amen? amen. Said out loud, respect the Holy Ghost. Respect Him. Did you understand that two people can't lead at the same time? You ever tried? You ever tried? Maybe you're shopping or something in the mall. And, and two people can't lead. Maybe you're on vacation or you're supposed to go through a trail or one's trying to go this way and the other's trying to go this way. Two people cannot lead. If one's leading, what's the other going to have to do? Follow. Well, with you and the Holy Ghost, you both can't lead. Don't think I'm talking about something that's your relative here now. Most folk are leading. They're wanting to lead. You can't lead and the Holy Ghost leads. You're going to have to defer to Him. You're going to have to look to Him, wait on Him, and follow Him. And here's a big one. If you want to be sensitive to the direction of the Holy Ghost, you must be receptive also of the correction of the Holy Ghost. I'll say it again. If you want to be sensitive to the direction of the Holy Ghost, you must also be receptive of the correction. Go with me, please, to Hebrews 12. Now, so, again, some of these things won't make you shout loud when you hear it. But if you do it, you'll grow, you'll increase, and you'll shout a lot later when you get results. Hebrews 12. In the 12th chapter of Hebrews, look at the 14th verse. Hebrews 12, 14. Hebrews 12, 14. What does it say? Follow we're talking about being led. Follow peace. Now, so we've already referred to that. Peace is one of the gifts and manifestations of the fruit of the Spirit. So if I'm following peace, that's, part, that's one of the manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Who am I following? The Holy Ghost. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. So in other words, you can say it like this, follow peace and follow holiness. What kind of spirit is he? Holy spirit. His leadings are going to be like him. Holy. We touched on this a little bit last night when we talked about the difference between the spirit of the word versus the spirit of the world. And we read from 1 Corinthians 10 about, you know, he, he said you can't fellowship with demons and with the Lord. 
And we said the reason why we shouldn't go to certain places and watch certain things and read certain things and partake of certain things is not only the external parts of it, but if we do, we wind up fellowshipping with the same spirits that these people are yielding to. That's not going to make you sensitive to the Holy Ghost. It'll actually have the opposite effect. It'll dull you. So follow peace and what? Now, the Lord showed me this some years ago. Follow peace with all men and, in other words, and follow holiness without which no man shall what? Now, I think the, the only application people have thought, well, if you don't, without holiness, you, you're not going to go to heaven. Well, that, there's a truth there, but that's not what he said. What did he say? You won't see the Lord. Now, the Lord Jesus is made unto us righteousness and holiness. I mean, we couldn't attain unto the holiness of salvation through our works. We get it through our faith in Jesus. But then we're supposed to walk close to the Lord. And don't, don't let the word holiness throw you. You know what holiness is? It's Christ-likeness. It's being like Jesus. And we talked about just just cutting off things that are ungodly. When, I'm, when, when you say ungodly, God's not in them. If God's not in it, why do we want to be in it? If they've left God out of it totally, then it's un-none-godly. Cut those things out. And, and especially anything that makes fun of God. Did you hear me? Don't, don't sit there and watch it and listen to it when they're blaspheming and poking fun at God. Don't do it. It's not okay. It dulls your spirit. I mean, a lot of that kind of thing will just dull your hearing. Oh, but spending time in this book and spending time praising God and spending time in church where they're lifting God up and the Spirit of God's being manifest. Well, see, you are just, uh, uh, you're training your own spirit to be familiar with the Holy Spirit. You're getting sharper and more sensitive. But what did he say? Without Follow holiness without which no man shall what? See. Let's see. Back up just a few pages in Hebrews. The word can say it better than I can in my words. 3.12. Hebrews 3.12. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. 3.13. But exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be what? Hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Will yielding to the wrong thing, be involved in the wrong thing, overriding your conscience. You know it's not right, but you go on and do it anyway. What kind of effect does that have on you? It hardens you. It makes you dull and duller and duller. That's, we don't want that. We want to get sensitive. So, you, you don't want to walk in things that you know are defiling, that you know are unclean. You know, in, in our modern word, faith, charismatic circles, there's a misconception. People have the idea that you can just live just any way you choose to and still have lots of faith and be close to God. But it's not so. Now, God still loves you, no matter how cold or calloused or carnal you might be. He still loves you, and, and everything that's in Christ still belongs to you, but it will uh, condemnation guilt from not living right will absolutely undermine your faith. And when you know you're not right, your heart condemns you. And you don't have confidence toward God. And you get to where you don't believe you can hear from God. And you just get duller. And you get harder. And the things of God are more vague to you and more indistinct. Sin is our enemy. The Lord doesn't tell us don't sin because He wants to spoil our fun. Sin, for lack of a better phrase, messes you up inside and out. The wages of its death. Follow holiness. I know uh, I've given this illustration before. It'll bear repetition. I, in healing school one day when I was working Brother Hagin's healing school in the ministry there, 
we're just laying hands on people, believing for them to be healed, believing for them to be healed. And I got to this lady. I didn't know all this at this time, found out later. She was 80-something years old, and she was deaf in one ear. And one of her shoulders, the rotary cuff, was frozen. She couldn't move that arm any more than like this. She just had very little mobility in that arm because of that shoulder, that rotary cuff. And I'm laying hands and laying hands. When I got to her, this came up in my spirit. Slap her on the side of the head, on the ear, and say, Be opened in Jesus' name. Take that arm and pull it up and say, Be loosed in Jesus' name. Well, we wanting to hear from God. Is that right? So I only got like three hands that time. I said, we want to. Do you? You may hear some things you weren't expecting to hear. And they may not all be easy things. But we'd been praying. We, we want gifts of healings and we want working of miracles. Well, we're involved in these things. And one of the big, you know, one of the biggest keys to working the miracles? I'm going to give you a big one. Are you ready? I'm going to tell you. One of the greatest keys to have working the miracles in your life. Are you ready? Uh, this is, this is rich. You'll find it in the gospel account of John. It's what Jesus' mother said to the servants. Whatever he says to you, do it. Didn't he say something to them? Didn't they do it? Didn't they have a miracle? That's it. People make stuff too hard. I mean, a three-year-old could get that. Whatever he says to you, do it. Well, if that, if that is true and it's so, so simple and easy, why do people have so much difficulty with it? I'll tell you why. Because when you get something like that, this is usually what comes next. Is that God? Or is that just me? Because, man, if that's just me, oh, man, I could hurt this dear lady and mess up. Well, see, you get to wavering and you get to vacillating and you are not going to boldly act on something that you're not sure is God. This is the problem. Why is it that way? I've already told you. Let me give you an example. When we're born again, our spirit, even though we're not developed much, we're baby Christians, our spirits are tender and sensitive to God. I mean, the person that got born again this morning, the person that got born again, they don't know much, they're just a baby, but they're sensitive to God. And that sensitivity is never supposed to decrease or diminish. It's supposed to stay the same and even increase. They're just supposed to mature and develop and get strong. But as you walk with God, there will be things that come up and, and your flesh won't want to hear it. The Holy Ghost will deal with you. Stop doing that. Start doing this. And when you don't want to hear something, your head has funny ways of jumping around it. You ever notice that? And you'll go, is that God? And as soon as you do that, the devil is right there to go, Nah, uh-uh. That ain't God. We don't know what that is. But that ain't. Because if it's God, and I acknowledge it's God, there's nothing left but what? Either, either do it or just admit I'm going to be rebellious and disobey. And when your flesh doesn't want to hear it and your flesh wants to keep on doing what it's doing... Or it doesn't want to do the thing that it's supposed to do. It tries to twist it around. and But we just don't know what this is. And I'm telling the devil's right there to help you. No, we don't know. We don't, we're not sure what this is. But if you do that and you don't obey, you just dulled yourself a bit. And every time you do that, you dull yourself some more. Now keep that in mind. Go with me to First Timothy. I hadn't forgot about the lady in the healing line. We're, she's right there. We're not going to leave her. First Timothy 4. Are you there? 
First Timothy 4. Verse 1. Now the Spirit. Everybody say the Spirit. The Spirit speaks expressly. So He does speak. I said He does speak. Does He speak today? To New Testament Christian believers, to us, and can we hear Him? Yes, yes, that's a little weak. Everybody say yes. Yes. He's speaking and we're hearing. The Spirit speaks expressly in the last times or latter times, some shall depart from the faith. Now, these are people who were in the faith. You can't, you can't depart from somewhere you, you hadn't been. These are people that were in the church. And they're people, he said, that will leave and they will leave the faith and they will give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines or teachings of devils. Now, he's not talking about going to a Satanist church and hearing a message. He's talking about messages that come across the pulpits in churches. Demons want to inspire erroneous error teachings. But again, we know what to do. We judge everything by what? By the Word and the witness. But it said, uh, verse 2, They'll be speaking lies in hypocrisy. They know better. But they'll be speaking lies in hypocrisy. And when you do something that you know better, you know it's wrong, you know it's a lie, and that kind of thing, you're overriding what you know is right inside. Look what happens. Having their conscience seared with a hot iron. It goes on to talk about you know, the kind of things that they were teaching that, that that's doctrines of devils. But can you see that when you, I mean, see, they know what they're preaching is a lie. They know it is. But they stand up hypocritically and say things to get money or, or to get their own way or to get in and try to run something or whatever the case might be. And I'm telling you, the more you do that, especially when you know that you know it's not right and you just override the Holy Ghost dealing with you and you go on and do it anyway, you are, you wind up searing. That word means branding, cauterizing, searing. Your conscience, which we might call the voice of your own spirit, searing your conscience, and the result of that would be like scar tissue, which is thick and unfeeling, insensitive. Do you see that? Now, I'm just, you know, going through a number of ways to, to talk about what ignoring the Holy Ghost disobeying, overriding the Holy Ghost, and going against what you know is right in your own spirit, what it does to you. This is why people are dull. They started out as baby Christian sensitive. But over a period of time, through the years, or whatever, if you keep disobeying, you can get so dull until you just are not perceptive at all. God could be talking to you through a bullhorn, and you're going, what did he say? <laughs> I don't want to be like that. Do you? I don't want to be like that at all. Now look with me in uh, Titus 1. Titus 1 and 15. Titus 1. You there? Everybody there now? Okay. Titus 1, 15. Unto the pure... All things are pure. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind and their conscience is defiled. You know, I, I was talking to some young ladies some years ago, single young ladies, and they were talking to me about this certain individual that was always wanting to hug on them, kiss them, Supposed to be a Christian kiss. <laughs> There's always quoting this verse, greet one another with a holy kiss. <laughs> Did you notice that word holy? In all probability, he was talking about the men kissing the men and the women kissing the women. Now, that would cut it way down, wouldn't it? And, you know, this can be done properly, 
But they were asking me because, you know, and, and I said, I said, yeah, I said, listen, it's, it's sad. But there to these young ladies, I said, there, there are some men you can't even be nice to. They looked at me funny. I said, no. And I quoted them this verse. Unto the pure, all things are pure. But unto those that are defiled. I mean, even their mind, even their conscience is defiled. I mean, I told them, I said, you know, there's some guys, and it's the same with, with women too, that, I mean, if you even smile at them and act nice, they'll try to turn that around into something sexual that you got some kind of attraction to them or something. Because their conscience is defiled. But, but yet other people, they could give you a hug or they could give you a kiss on the cheek and there'd absolutely be nothing in it except something pure and good. But that depends on what's in a person's heart. And you got the Holy Ghost. And he'll let you know if people are not okay. Hmm? But the big thing is trust what you get in here. No matter what anybody says. Oh, come on, you know, sister, do this. Or go here with me. Or come on, brother, you know, do this. If you get a check, I don't care how many scriptures they're quoting or what they're talking about being Christian brothers and sisters and all that. Just smile and say, no, thank you. Follow your heart. Because the Holy Ghost is leading you from the inside. But how do people get that way? How do people get to the point where, I mean, have you seen situations where it was obvious to everybody except them how messed up they are? <laughs> I mean, everybody else knows it's wrong and messed up and perverted. But they're acting like it's normal and nobody can tell. Well, see... First Corinthians talks about, you know, that the, the spiritual man discerns all things, but he is not discerned by the carnal. I mean, the spiritual man sees a lot of things the carnal man doesn't see. And that's not because we're so sharp. It's because we'd be sensitive to the Holy Ghost, and he knows everything about everything. And so we're just going to be picking up things from him as a way of life if we are sensitive. How do people get like that? Where they're so dulled and, and so twisted, they have overridden. If they ever were born again, they have overridden that witness when the Holy Ghost tried to deal with them. No, that's not right. And they knew it. But see, people act hypocritically. They act like they don't know. And they do know. They act like they think it's all right when they get home and get quiet and lay across the bed. The Holy Ghost is dealing with them. And they know it's not right. But their flesh don't want to hear that. They want to do their own way. So they push past it and override it. And what they just did was dull their self. And you do that week after week and month after month and year after year. You'll wind up being seared. Dull, like scar tissue. Insensitive. Unfeeling. But there's good news. <laughs> I said, there's good news. Even for the dullest soul, even for the most seared, most insensitive individual, there is the ability to become sensitive again. Hallelujah, there is. There is. Years ago, right after I got out of high school, during the summers and everything, I was working on the docks loading freight. I mean, hard manual labor. I was the least guy out there. They worked me silly. It helped me, though. But I mean, after a few months of that, my, I had calluses on my hands because I'm handling heavy stuff and I'm, I, I'm, I'm, you know, constantly. Why? Because friction. Friction. is rubbing up against my hands, rubbing up against my hands. Some of the guys that had been out there for decades... I mean, their hands were so thick and calloused, uh, sometimes sitting around on lunch break, they'd pull out their little pen knife and just sit around and cut in their hand. Couldn't even feel it. Just so thick, such, so, such thick calluses. Well, they, if they couldn't feel that, they sure couldn't feel light things. Insensitive. Well, after a while of that, my hands began to be pretty calloused. And they weren't as sensitive as they were. 
But it's been a long time since I hauled any freight. <laughs> and I just don't have any of those calluses on my hand anymore. They're all gone. I said, they're all gone. In fact, I think my hands are almost too tender sometimes. I, I was working on the airplane the other day, and every little nick I did, man, my hand cut. And I thought, oh, you little tender baby, you're just too soft. But I don't work with my hands so much anymore. What am I saying? They used to be pretty calloused and tough, but now they're soft and tender. Why? Because I quit doing the thing that made them hard. Did you get that? I said I quit doing the thing that hardened them and made them calloused and made them insensitive. What did I quit doing? I quit doing the thing that was friction, that was rubbing against it, that was rubbing against it. When you get something in your heart, don't rub against it. Don't wrestle with it. Don't struggle with it. Don't override it. Respect it. Yield to it. Give place to it, and you'll just be sensitive, and you'll stay sensitive, and you'll become even more sensitive. How do you stay sensitive? We talked about it. When the Spirit of God, if you want to be sensitive to His direction, you must also be receptive of His what? Correction. Remember the woman that the Lord told me to slap her on the ear? I'm standing there in the healing line. God's wanting to do a work in the miracles. He's wanting to use me. I've been praying, Lord, let's have some miracles. <laughs> People have misconceptions about this. They think if I had something like this, I'd just kind of be caught up in the glory cloud. And something would happen and they'd tell me, hey, a miracle happened. Well, most of the time, your mind's going to be fully intact. And if you're not careful, it can talk you out of a thing. And so as you're standing there, this thing comes up. Is this God or is this not? And if two weeks ago or three days ago the Holy Ghost dealt with you, quit doing that. You don't need to do that. That's, that's taken away from you. And your flesh didn't want to hear that. Your flesh wanted to override that. And you try to say, well, we don't know whether that's God or not. And the devil jumps up and says, no, that, that's not God. And we decide... You and the devil decide that that's not God. Okay, well now when you're standing here at the ministry line and God speaks to you, who is this? It's the same one that spoke to you three days ago that you said wasn't God. Well, who is he tonight? Do you see what I'm saying? That's how people confuse their own spirit. If that wasn't God then, then this is not God now. But if it was God then, then this is God now, and i got to do some repenting. Well, thank God as I stood there, I hadn't always done everything right, but I apparently had done enough that I could be aware enough that that was God. I did turn it over in my mind a time or so, but I thought, no, this is God, this is God. And I just didn't think any more about it. Reached up and said, be open in Jesus' name. I took the arm and lifted it up. I said, be loosed. And almost wanted to close my eyes at that point. When she said, Hallelujah, glory to God, and started waving that arm in the air. Her ear was opened and her arm was loosed in a moment of time. I mean, that's not just healing. That's a miracle. That's instantaneous. A miracle of restoration and healing. But what was the key to it? Being able to hear from God and to say, Yep, this is God. And act on it boldly. Now that's not just for preachers. That's for you. I said that's for you. I mean, friend, this is the answer. I mean, there's a reason why the Lord sent us here. There's a reason why that he's put this on our heart like this. People have been praying, God, you know, it's easy for you to get a lot of money to me. What's the problem? The problem is you got to hear from him and do what he said. Amen. Lord, I know that you could, I know I got a ministry call on my life and, and I know that you want to do these kind of things. Why am I not seeing them? This is it. You got to hear from God and do what He said. Every issue. You got to be able to wake up in the middle of the night and not just be bothered because you woke up, but to lay there and pray in tongues a little bit and get quiet. Amen. And let God begin to talk to you and then get up in the next morning and go buy that thing He told you to buy and go invest in that thing that He told you to do. 
Amen? Even when your head may say, I don't know about this, I don't know about this, you know God well enough to act on the leadings and promptings and direction. Amen? How do we see those miracles of healings? you got to be bold enough to know God well enough to call that person on the phone, to go over and visit them in the hospital and sit down by their bedside. You don't have to do something crazy, but just sit there and pray over them what the Lord said pray or just read the Scripture the Lord said read. It can be the simplest things. But it's not just the, the thing itself only. It's the obedience. It's the faith of the obedience. And it's a yielding to the Holy Ghost. And it's a door for the Holy Ghost to manifest Himself through. Hallelujah. Does it have anybody that He can tap on the shoulder and say, Are you listening? Are you listening? i got something I want you to do. Hallelujah. Do you remember in the book of Acts? How that Saul had met Jesus on the road to Damascus, and he couldn't see, and they led him, you know. And how that he was laying there in the dark, blind, and the Lord spoke to a disciple. Not a, not a prophet, not an evangelist, not a pastor, not a teacher, just a Christian, a layperson named Ananias. You remember that? Anybody remember that? The Lord, in the nighttime, the Lord says, Ananias? And Ananias said, what is that? What did he say? Some of you look like you don't know. Go to the book of Acts. Go to the book of Acts. Ninth chapter. Book of Acts. I think I'm closing. Acts 9. Are you there? How many believe the book of Acts is still going on today? God's still writing the book of Acts. I don't know what chapter we're on now, but we're in the middle of it. Verse 10. Acts 9, 10. And there was a certain what? Disciple. Christian. Didn't, didn't say anything about him being a minister. Just a Christian. Just a disciple. Just a follower of the Lord. He was at Damascus, and he was named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And what did he say? What did he say? Tell me again. What did he say? I'm right here, Lord. Here I am. I'm ready. He said, Ananias, he said, I want you to get up from here. I want you to go to the street which is called Straight. I want you to inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus because he's praying. And he's seen you, (laughs) a man named Ananias, coming in and putting your hand on him that he might receive his sight. And Ananias said, "Who? I don't know, Lord. Is this the same Saul that's been killing Christians? You want me to go see him? So we've got to be ready to receive what the Lord said, even if it sounds strange to our ears. Even if it sounds like your head says, no, 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 I can't do that. Got to know him well enough to say, oh, this is the Lord. He knows what he's doing. He said, man, he's come here. He's got authority from the chief priest. He's done all this evil to the saints at Jerusalem. And the Lord said to him, go your way. He's a chosen vessel to me. Bear my name before the kings, Gentiles, uh, and the children of Israel. I'm going to show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way. I like that, don't you? Not a preacher. Not a prophet. Not an apostle. Not an evangelist. Just a Christian who could hear God. I said who could hear God who impacted an apostle who touched the whole world whom we're reading about right now. Hallelujah. 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 Don't belittle yourself. Don't underrate and undermine what God can do with just a Christian. People might not know your name. You might not stand up before thousands, but you could touch somebody that will. I said you could touch somebody that will. Oh, hallelujah. You don't have to break records. You don't have to quote all the scriptures. You don't have to break records of praying in tongues or, or fasting. All you got to do is be sensitive and pay attention and do the simple things. Do the little things and, and, and safeguard your spirit and don't let anything defile you. Don't let anything dull you. Don't let anything sear your conscience. Protect yourself. Keep yourself sensitive. And just do the little things. And I'm telling you, God will lead you up from faith to faith, from grace to grace. You'll just leave a trail of blessing behind you. Hallelujah. 
You'll just leave a trail of blessing behind you. You'll just be at the right place at the right time with the right word and the right thing to say and do. You won't even know half what it means a lot of the time. But you'll look back and the Lord was using you. He was using you. He was using you. Hallelujah. Whatever he says to you. Jesus' mother said, whatever he says to you, do it. They did, and miracles happened. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet, why don't you? Bless your Lord. Bless your Lord. Bless your Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Hallelujah. I heard the Spirit say, for I'm leading you now into the next dimension of your walk in the Spirit. You're stepping up now to a higher place and a higher plane. Hold fast to these words. Hold fast to the Spirit within you. Give heed unto Him in the morning and in the nighttime and at all times. And watch what He does say to your spirit. And watch what He does bear witness with you. And follow it, and follow it fully, and you'll be led into good places. You'll be led into stronger anointings. You'll be led into greater light and greater revelation. And you'll come up, and your family will come up, and your marriage will come up, and your business will come up, and this whole body will come up into a place of greater sensitivity, greater and closer walking with the Lord and you'll see the glory and you'll be a part of what God is doing in the earth. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, just praise Him a little bit. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Hallelujah. Lord, we want to know everything You want to say to us, everything You want to do in us, through us, for us, by us. Oh, hallelujah. 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 I heard these words. I heard the Spirit say this as well. And say not. Say not within yourself. And say not to any other, yes, but I, I'm just a Christian. I, I don't claim to be spiritual, and I don't know about all that hearing from God. No, for it is you I want to use. It is you I want to use. It is those that do not think more highly of themselves than they ought. Those who do not esteem them to be themselves some great thing that they could flow in their own power, but it is the one who realizes that in and of their flesh they have nothing and are nothing and can do nothing. It's you I want to use. It's you I've been speaking to. Say not, well, I have no special gifts. I, I have no anointings. Say not, you cannot be used, for I can use you if you yield yourself to me, and I desire to, and I want to, and I will. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He wants to use you. Hallelujah. Doesn't matter what your job is. Doesn't matter where you live. Doesn't matter how much money you got in the bank. Said out loud, he wants to use me. He wants to use me. Can he? Can he? Do you make yourself available? Can he? If he wakes you up to pray, will you pray? If he directs you to go and talk to somebody about Jesus, can you do that? You don't, you don't have to preach him a message. You don't have to come across religious or hyper-spiritual. Just tell him what the Lord's done for you. Tell him how he straightened your life out. Be a friend to him. And introduce him to your best friend. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I heard this as well. I heard this also. Hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord. He said, and fear not the spirits of darkness that are round about you. Do not say, yea, but I'm in a dark place, and I'm afraid. I'm afraid to say anything to anybody in my neighborhood or in my block. I'm afraid in my area because they'll shoot you. They'll hurt you. They'll kill you. The Lord says, do not fear those spirits that operate in them and around about them. Did I not tell you I am the greater one? 
I am the greater one, and the greater one is in you. Be aware of me, and you'll be aware of power. Be aware of me, and you'll not fear, but you'll be aware of might. And you'll be aware of light. And instead of cowering in the darkness, you'll stand forth, and I'll shine through you. A light in the midst of the darkness. A light through and piercing the darkness. Do not cower. Do not fear. Do not shrink and pull back and say, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Nay, for those spirits have been brought to naught. Those spirits are defeated. And the greater spirit is in you. Hallelujah. 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 Now I'm going to charge you with something right now. Say not again, I can't hear from God. Do not say, well, I don't know what's wrong with me. I just, I guess I'm just not as spiritual as so and so. I guess I'm just not, I just can't hear. Don't say it. Don't say it. I'm telling you, don't say it. Almost said I forbid you to, but that's a little strong. You get my drift though, right? Do not say it. Don't, I mean, treat it like profanity. Treat it like cuss words, cause it'll just block the Holy Ghost. Don't do it. You say, I'm his child. I'm led by the Spirit. I'm his sheep. I know his voice. Hallelujah. He's ordering my steps. He's directing my paths. I'm being led, being guided, being directed every day, every hour. I'm a spirit-led man. Hallelujah. Yes. Whatever your case may be, man or woman, say that out loud. I'm a spirit-led man. Say it again. I'm a spirit-led man. Say it again. I'm a spirit-led man. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.